You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, bringing you episode 16 of the Decoding Success Podcast. I am excited you're joining us today because my wildly successful and insightful friend, Cassidy Williams, is hopping on here to have her success decoded. Before we get into that, I want to give a huge shout out to any and all of you that continue to tune in. Share these episodes on social media and with your connections elsewhere, those who rate it, review it, and all of that jazz. I might sound like a broken record to some, but I want to continue to express my gratitude for the love you all show decoding success. Today we are joined by Cassidy Williams. Cassidy is a senior software engineer making the web work at CodePen. She has previously worked at some of the most successful companies of today, such as Amazon and Venmo. She has been named Glamour Magazine's 35 Women Under 35 Changing the Tech Scene and LinkedIn's Top Professionals 35 and Under. Cassidy is an avid speaker gracing stages around the country and at events such as South by Southwest, the United Nations, TEDx, and more. And I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Audible, who is powering our episode today. Audible is the largest selection of audiobooks and performances. Through our partnership, we are able to provide you with even more insight, motivation, and value thanks to Audible. To add a free audiobook of your choice to your collection, all you have to do is head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success for yours while our promotion lasts. Without further ado, let's hop right in. Cassidy, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day after the holidays. I truly do appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Now, I always kick these shows off by asking the interviewee how they define success. So I would love to know, how do you define it? I define it as flexibility. Um, it's the flexibility to be able to do what you want, even if it doesn't necessarily uh, make money or, or be the most practical thing in the world. Being able to be flexible to do those things and enjoy yourself and have time with family and, and uh, you know, just, just kind of the freedom to um, experiment with the things that you like. I, I feel like that, that is what success looks like to me. Yeah, so it's pretty much like doing what you want, when you want it, with who you want to do it, where you want to do it at, right? Right. Awesome. That's, that's beautiful. Now, how do you stay on track to always getting after, you know, having that flexible lifestyle? Oh, that's a good question. And uh, for myself, I've been, I've been striving to have a flexible lifestyle for a while now, pretty much ever since I graduated uh, college. And since then, um, I've had a lot of jobs over the past few years. I've, I'm on my fifth job in four years and it's truly because good opportunities have come up and I am kind of striving to find the perfect company for me that will just let me do what I want and, and not stress out too much about work. And um, I think I found that, which is good. But in the, in the past few years, I've had some jobs which have been really good for my career in terms of uh, putting me in front of a lot of big name people and letting me do tasks that interest me and leading teams and that sort of thing. But uh, they don't necessarily make me go home and, and feel happy that I work there all the time. Um, Meanwhile, at my current place, which I'm happy to say, I work at CodePen now. Um, it's great because I work remotely. I work at home. And so I have a really good work-life balance where I can kind of step away from work and be done with it. And I can work on uh, side projects that I find interesting and um, 
yeah, that, it's that that's that's kind of what I've been working on. And meanwhile, I've been trying to do a lot of side bro- side projects. Excuse me, side projects to um, promote side income and and passive income and stuff. So that way, I can kind of support other activities without. Um, without really just having to worry about how they'll break the bank. And, and so I've made some online courses. I give a lot of talks at conferences and hackathons and meetups. And um, I really just kind of try to get as much done now because I know that I won't have as much time in the future when I start settling down and having a family and being able to have the flexibility later on, especially when I need it more, when I start having a family and settling down. Um, that's, that, that's kind of what I'm working towards, and, and that's how I'm doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's all great stuff. Now, you mentioned something with the whole, you know, what'd you say? You had four or five jobs within a five-year period? Five jobs in a four-year period. (laughs) Five jobs in a four-year period. So what that says to me is that you handle adaptability, change, and you're not scared to take a leap of faith. Now, what do you think attributes to that? Because I feel like a lot of people, including myself, have definitely held back uh, opportunity just because we're, we're scared of that type of, you know, that type of move in our life. Yeah. So I think it came from, uh, really some advice that a mentor gave me when I was thinking about leaving my first job out of school. Um, and when I was thinking about leaving said first job out of school, I, uh, I made a giant pros and cons spreadsheet of a job that I was considering and my current role and figuring out, is this really a smart move? I don't want to just look like a flake by jumping around a lot, which obviously that's not a fear for me now. And uh, I, <laughs> I had a, a just this giant spreadsheet of pretty much everything you could think of when it came to the jobs. And I showed it to a mentor of mine and she looked at it for a few minutes and, and was just quiet. And then she looked at me and said, what is the absolute worst case scenario? There is in no instance where either of these jobs are going to render you homeless. There are no situations where either of these jobs are going to make you unemployable by future companies. All of these all of these things that you're uh, talking about in these pros and cons lists, yes, they're they're kind of bonuses. Having a certain amount of pay or having a certain amount of vacation time, sure, that's great. But if you don't like it, you can just switch. There's nothing actually tying you down to any particular situation if you don't like it. And the actual worst case scenario would be, okay, you get another job. You move on to the next thing. And that that really just changed my mindset because when you start realizing that the worst case scenario isn't really a bad scenario, uh, that, that kind of loosens you up a little bit and helps you realize that you can just try things and it's, it's better to take risks and have the potential big reward than just always wondering what if. I totally agree with that. Now, you definitely took a calculated approach, which I really like because I'm the complete opposite of that. So that's really cool. (laughs) And what it helped you do essentially was, you know, rid that overthinking pattern, right? Because when you predicate a thought for so long, obviously, you're going to just start thinking about all the what ifs. So I really love how you did that. Now, I want to talk to you about your your favorite quote by Helen Keller, which is, one can never consent to creep when one feels an impulse to soar. So what I'm curious is, what gives you your impulse to soar? 
Oh man, that I love that quote. That is one that my mom put on a poster in my wall when I was younger and I just read it every single day and it it just got more and more ingrained into my head and I've put it in countless essays in school and it, it's really just a quote that has stuck with me. And I think that if you have the drive to be successful in some area, whether it be successful in terms of money, successful in terms of what your family looks like, successful in terms of, I don't know, the house you live in, things like that. Um, There's nothing that will ever really scratch that itch except for working towards those goals. And that's that's really what the quote is all about to me. It's it's about uh, telling yourself that you work hard because you want to achieve these goals and it's something that is just a part of you. If you have these, um, these wants, you have these needs, you have these um, abilities and desires to be successful in some way, you, you can't just sit idly by and be like, I want that and not do anything about it. You have to actually work for it and go for it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's great. Now, uh, Glamour Mag named you 35 women under 35, changing the tech industry, right? So like you're really making these massive strides in your career. What gives you the courage to lead the way like you do? Like spearhead these initiatives to, you know, be credited with such an amazing accomplishment like that. That was that was really an honor to be included in that. And um, that leads me to another quote that I think a lot of people have said it now, but a mentor of mine told it to me when I was younger, and she said, um, lift as you climb. As you kind of climb in the ranks, help others start to climb in the ranks too. There's always going to be someone that ends up filling your shoes as you move on to the next best thing, and you need to be able to make avenues for those people, and you need to be able to foster communities for those people, and you need to make their experiences better than yours because it can always be better. And um, that's that's kind of how I approach a lot of different things. Whenever I'm uh, running some sort of community, whenever I'm giving some sort of talk, whenever I'm uh, mentoring someone or managing someone at work, I'm trying to figure out how can I change their experience to be better than mine so that way they can be successful. Um, and I feel like by empowering people to be the best that they can be, that just helps them empower the next person and them empower the next person. And, and it, it just becomes a chain of an incredibly successful community and uh, just a better industry for everyone. And, and I think that it's so important that everyone has that sort of mindset where don't try to be competitive with people, especially if someone that might be younger than you starts to catch up with you or anything, but instead help them lead the way because you never know when someone else will be helping you next. And it's important to give back and, and uh, push forward and, and really just create a better, create a better world for everyone. Yeah. I think that you have a really awesome mindset when it comes to that. And I think your mindset is, you know, you have that win-win world approach, which is going to make massive strides even more so than you already have within this industry. So that's really amazing. Now I'm curious, women in tech face challenges, right? Women in STEM face challenges. What advice do you have for someone that's facing challenges overall, right? It doesn't need to be necessarily in tech or STEM, but you know, what's your advice there? You're not alone. And I feel like that's a very big one because whenever I've faced particularly tough challenges, it, it gets lonely because you're just like, what's the point? Why, why am I experiencing this sort of thing? And, and I don't know who to turn to. Just know that you're not alone. And I think to offset 
those challenges before they come, really just try to build a community around you. Because I know for a fact that I wouldn't still be in uh, the industry I'm in today if it weren't for the community I had. I know so many countless other uh, women and people in general who wouldn't be in their community, in their industry, in their job, in anything today if they didn't have a community around them supporting them. And um, I think having that community, no matter what field you're in, having that kind of just gives you people that you can relate to, people that can support you and people that uh, can help you when those challenges inevitably come. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, even I'm super familiar with having like a mastermind team right now because I recently took a leap of faith and, you know, went down the entrepreneurial journey once more and I left my job with Damon John and I definitely felt like I was alone at some point. So I could definitely resonate with what you're saying. And once I had that team around me, it was really helpful in regards to just keeping me on track and, you know, keeping my head, you know, my head down and just doing the work, which is, you know, I can definitely, you know, relate to that. So that's awesome. Now, you designed and launched an official Scrabble keyboard with Hasbro, which is true. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. That is so amazing. Now, I know that's something you're super passionate about, right? You love mechanical keyboards and karaoke and, you know, you're just all about this. Now, what I'm curious about is how do you follow your dream or, you know, when you have that itch to do something or when your intuition is telling you to do something, like, do you just take action were you ever afraid to fail? Like what, what was it that just made you like do it? Honestly, it, it goes back to that advice that my mentor gave me and her name is Kelly Hoey, by the way, I keep referring to her. She's awesome. And, uh, all I could think was, what's the absolute worst that can happen? And with this Scrabble keyboard idea, um, for context for anyone listening, I build a lot of keyboards for a living. In the room I'm in right now, I have eight of them next to me. <laughs> I have a lot of <laughs> mechanical keyboards, and I just love building with them and, and customizing them. And and one day, I I woke up from a dream after a board game night or something. And I dreamt that I was typing on uh, Scrabble keys that just looked like Scrabble tiles. And I thought, what if I made this real? And, and I just kind of whipped up a mock-up and everything. And I thought, okay, if I want to actually make this real, that means I actually have to get permission to use this. Otherwise I could get in big trouble. And, and I, at that point I was like, what do I have to lose? The worst thing they can say is no. And I've wasted some time. And it just started a string of cold calling. And, and it involved talking to people on Facebook who had a friend who worked at Hasbro and, and uh, reaching out to people on LinkedIn and, and all over the place. Eventually, I got a hold of someone at Hasbro because I talked to someone who had a friend who used to work at Hasbro. And she happened to know an account executive there. It was a very random string of events, but this account executive said, hey, yes, I, I love the idea and uh, got me the license. And then uh, I worked with Massdrop to uh, manufacture the keyboard and, and sell it. And now we've got something like, I don't know, 800, maybe even a thousand people out there with Scrabble keycaps, which is so awesome to see on their uh, keyboards. And um, yeah, all of this stuff wouldn't have happened if I didn't just go for it. There there were definitely points where I was just like, ah, you know what, all these people are saying no, they don't know anyone. Or the first few people I talked to at Hasbro said, yeah, this is impossible. You're not going to get this. Um, and there were definitely times where I considered just dropping the whole thing because it's a silly keyboard. There's, there's no point. But it 
it's also fun to keep pushing for these cool projects and things that you're passionate about because if they do become successful, it's the best thing to be able to hold a product in your hands or see the product of your work and, and be able to just be like, I did that and, and see people enjoy the fruits of your labor and, and appreciate the fruits of your labor. And, and yeah, that, that, that's kind of the mindset I had going into it. What's the worst that could happen? And the worst that happened that could happen didn't. And uh, I was able to get it manufactured and it's out there today. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that you didn't stop when you were told that it would be impossible because I feel like a lot of us stop once we hear the word no, you know, and, and no is very much so a part of the journey, especially in any entrepreneurial thing or, you know, it's, even in corporate world, right? Like we're going to hear no. So for the fact that you didn't stop, that's really amazing. And it says a lot about your character. Now you've, you've talked about getting a lot of advice from mentors and stuff. Have you ever been given a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true? Oh, that is such, that is, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) Because I try to take all the advice that I can, but Yeah, there's definitely some that I don't like to hear. And I think one that I, okay, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, the one that really hit me that I wasn't a huge fan of was I have to learn how to say no. Um, And that was was something that I I was told like my first year on the job after school. And um, at that point, I was saying yes to pretty much anything anyone would throw my way in terms of giving talks and uh, doing events and and building things and and all sorts of things. And there are some projects that I'm still doing today that honestly, I probably should have said no way back, I don't know, four years ago, but I I didn't. And uh, yeah, I I should have taken that advice and I didn't. And that, that was, it was advice given to me by a mentor at work actually, where we had just like company assigned mentors for new employees and um, we had gotten close and she had told me, you know, you're going to have to start saying no because you're going to regret it later. And I was like, nah, that's silly. And man, do I wish I listened to her. Oh, there is a point. (laughs) It, It wasn't even a year later. It was probably like I don't know, three months later, I had done a stint of speaking at events and I spoke at one event every day for 14 days straight. And it was just constant speaking every single night. And I burnt out so fast. And it was such a dark time of just being completely, I I don't know, it just, you feel kind of broken when you've burnt out that much. Like I just wanted to curl up in a ball and not talk to people. And, and I ended up leaving the state to go visit my grandparents in Florida and, and just not think about things because I, I was completely broken down. And, and since then I have taken that advice and my life is so much better because even though I'd like my first instinct is to always say yes to things. Um, I've learned to kind of step back and try to evaluate evaluate a little more. Should I say yes? Rather, uh, yes, let's say yes and then deal with it later. Um, and I think that has just improved my quality of life overall because now I'm focusing more on saying yes to things that actually matter and things that, uh, actually interest me and things that won't overwhelm me. And as a result, I have so much more time to do things that, um, 
I want to do for myself and things that I want to do with my friends and family rather than doing things that a stranger might ask me to help with on the internet. Again, like speaking at an event that I don't really have any association with, but sure, might as well. Um, and yeah, I, that's, that's the advice that I wish I'd taken earlier, but uh, I've learned now. For sure. And I think that's like, that's like the go-getter in all of us, right? Like we all want to say yes to everything because we could just take on the world. But I, I totally get that. That's awesome. Now, if there was someone that came to you that really had that, that desire to achieve success, what would be one piece of advice you would give them? Really had that desire to achieve success. I'd say I'd go back to that building a community idea because I think building a community and networking and, and really utilizing the power of your network is, is something that really can't be topped because even though, yes, you can build the most amazing product ever in the world and you can use it and be happy, but if nobody knows about it, then no one will ever use it. But if you have a community that is your friend that can support you, but then also that you can share things with and they can share to their networks and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, they will not only keep you motivated and keep you going and, and doing what you should be doing and, and keep you working on your projects, but they're also going to help you be successful when you finally made it to the finish line of phase one of your project, phase two, or, or whatever uh, point in life you're at. And um, this community can help you yes, with a project or, or an idea you're working on, but they can also be the ones that point you in the right direction um, for your next project, or they can be the ones that uh, let you know who you should hire to help you, or uh, they could be the ones that say, hey, this is a terrible idea. You should stop. And, and having that kind of good, honest community is, is so important, and I think um, not really not really appreciated enough until you really need them. And by cultivating it again, before you have issues and, and really using them um, as much as you can early, I think will not only help you develop uh, good networking connections and, and uh, motivators, but also it's, it's good for just making friends too. And I think as entrepreneurial people and, and just adults in general, it's hard to make friends uh, once you've graduated college. And if you move to a new city or uh, you just need to, you know, get to know new people, it can be tough. And, and finding a community of people who are interested in the same things that you're interested in and, and kind of keep you going with your projects, those, those sorts of people are hard to find, but are the best people to find. And, and those are the people that can really help you be successful in the long run. I totally agree. That's actually such a unique response because no one's said that yet on the show. And I couldn't agree more because networking has got me almost every opportunity I've ever had. So mm -hmm. that is amazing. Now, Cassidy, where can people find you on social media to stay in touch with you after the show? Uh, Cassidy is my username on everything. So it's C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O. -S -S and that's my username for Twitter, for GitHub, LinkedIn, CodePen, everything. Um, and that's how you'll find me. Awesome. And you have a website too, right? Yes. Casadu.co. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us today. And I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Matt.
And there you have it. I am so grateful for Cassidy hopping on the show and sharing all of her insights to success and adding value to our lives. One of the many things I loved about this episode, or interview I should say, goes all the way back to how Cassidy defined success. She defined it as flexibility, and to me that is such a great way to put it. In fact, we have heard other individuals hop on here and discuss success in a similar way. One, for example, is John Lee Dumas, and even more recently, Evan Carmichael. On top of that, the fact that she admits that she is continuously striving to create and find flexibility in her life is so amazing. And you want to know what that tells me? That tells me that success and achieving it isn't just a one-time thing. It is consistent and repetitive action. And don't forget Cassidy's advice if you're facing a challenge. As she said, you are not alone. Such an amazing individual that I am beyond grateful for. Thank you again to Cassidy. Make sure you check her out on social media and her site. You can do the same for me at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-N. I have been loving all of you that hit me up and stay in contact with me. It has been amazing. If you haven't already, share this episode with someone who will find it useful. Rate it, subscribe it, and all of that jazz. Help me to continue building the street cred for the show so we can continue to be joined by amazing guests just like Cassidy. Tune into our next episode dropping soon. In the meantime, stay blessed. Peace.